Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Thanks for joining us today. It's Tuesday, March 25th. You know what that means, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. It's International Waffle Day. I am so happy to celebrate with you, our most international satellite sister. That's right. Let's go waffle dogging, Leanne. I think it's a great new holiday. And uh, I had a nice little toasted waffle for breakfast. Oh, you did? Yes, yes, I, of course. I mean, I, you know, I, which is really not what I normally eat for breakfast, but waffle dogging, you have to embrace it, don't you think? I, I absolutely. Later on in the show, stay tuned because I'm going to announce what waffle I'm making for dinner. Ooh, <laughs> so, we do. Waffles. We have quite a show here. We're going to cover some actual news. Of course, we're going to talk about Malaysia Flight 370. Julie has the inside scoop on the SATs. And I have a follow-up to the many questions about bras that people asked. We have some picks and pans, and we have some TV talk. So welcome to the Tuesday Satellite Sisters. We have some new listeners, Julie. It's obvious on our Facebook page. So we should try to do a better job of identifying who's who. Okay, Jeff? Just okay. in case. Okay, little sister Leanne. Okay, thank you, big sister Julie. So I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. Uh, and uh, Julie and I do the Tuesday show if you're new to the Tuesday shows. Uh, because our other sisters, they get up and they, they punch a clock every day. <laughs> so <laughs> Julie and I have a more fluid work life, don't we, Jill? It's fluid, Leanne. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> well, we're here for you on Tuesdays, sometimes Wednesdays. Right. It's that fluid on Tuesday. <laughs> That it sometimes spills over into Wednesday. Yes. But we try to be here as best we can. Yes, that is true. All right, though, yesterday, Julie, I was stunned by that announcement for the Malaysian prime minister that the plane, all were, all were lost, that had they had identified that it had, you know, gone into the Indian Ocean, off the coast of Australia. And then as the news unfolded over the day, it was clear there was seemingly very little actual evidence that this had happened. It was just sort of a stunning announcement from the prime minister of a country as our international sister, someone who lived in that part of the world in Thailand. What did you think of that? It seemed like he was just saying, okay, please go home now. We just, (laughs) we want you to go home now. Did that, you sent me that text where you said, what? Because that is exactly right. I mean, I think, first of all, what a terrible, you know, ambiguous Awful. loss for yeah. these fa- for these families Awful. that are you know with with so little evidence no you know n- no real evidence other than a satellite ping that is that was really what the basis of the decision was but i you know i mean he- here's the thing i did live in thailand for 5 years i visited malaysia mm-hmm. but i can just from living in asia certain things run differently first of all like you can just their national airline i mean is so it's such a different thing than like delta this is oh, not okay. like delta or american the national airline in a country like malaysia or like thailand this is such a source of pride it's national identity it's really tied up with the foreign policy the sovereignty of the country i mean this is you know in some cases it's more important than the military in these countries so so to have something happen to your national airline 
is really a big deal. Secondly, there's no free press in Malaysia. Yeah. Okay, this is. I mean, that's one thing that you learn when you live abroad. You have no idea what's going on. I mean, we're just so accustomed to having 24-7 news coverage, multiple outlets. We have reporters that really dig for information. You know, we have free press. You know, they don't have that in Malaysia. It's all controlled by the government. The government decides what information they're going to release and when they're going to release it. And I think that's what we've been seeing over the last 18 days. It certainly felt that way. I guess yesterday's announcement wouldn't have been that stunning if it seemed to contradict almost everything they told us last week about, you know, oh, it went north. It flew for seven hours. You know, there there was, yeah, it was just sort of a stunning reversal of what allegedly was their evidence from last week. Right. So, I mean, they they just and clearly the Malaysian representatives from the airline, from the government, it's really one, the airline government. That's that's the difference there. Um, They were totally knocked back by the foreign attention, the foreign reporters. And this clearly was a real mystery. I mean, you know, they may have more information than we do, but it's, it's certainly a mystery. And there is, you know, you've heard the expression saving face mm-hmm. and uh, they always want to give you positive news. They don't want to give you bad news. Like when I lived in Thailand, I had an air conditioning unit that never really worked in one bedroom. And I'd have the repairman would come up to my apartment and I'd say, are you going to fix it? And he'd say, yes, I'm going to fix it. And then he'd be he'd be there and he'd take it apart and I said, is it fixed? And he said, yes, it's fixed. And then I touched the air and it would still be hot air coming out of the air conditioner. And I'd say, it's still broken. He said, yes, it's still broken. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I said, but you didn't fix it. He said, yes, I'm going to fix it. You know, they just. They can't do it. They I can't. Said, yeah. They don't want to say to you, look at lady, you got a rotten air conditioner. It's never going to work. The Freon leaks and you're out. No, they would never tell you something that direct. It's always, you know, it's uh, Thailand is a land of a thousand smiles. I mean, they just, they've got smiles for no, I hate you. They've got smiles for everything. So I'm kind of not surprised that you're getting this, that we've gotten all this mumbo jumbo because that's, that's kind of how things are operating. Oh, okay. Yes, it's broken. Yes, we're going to fix it. Yes, it's, you know, yes, the plane is still lost. You know, I mean, they just, they didn't know what to say or how to say it, okay? But I do think they somehow came to the conclusion based on this new satellite technology mm-hmm. that that was enough. And they have had plenty. They did, you know, the government officials, they, they really don't want any more foreign press, like, bugging them about... How many, you know, ba- uh, you know, batteries they had in this plane or, you know, what, you know, the profiles of the pilots or the co-pilots. They don't want any more questions about that. They want everybody to go away. I think that's that's it. And but, you know, and I know a lot of people criticize the government for sending out the text message yesterday with this information to the families of the passengers on the on the plane. I wasn't so shocked by that. Because, again, this is Asia where they have much better sort of satellites and uh, cell technology than we do. And most people just have a cell phone. They don't have home phones. And they certainly don't have a U.S. postal system. I mean, right. they so how would they communicate this to so many people in so many different countries in a timely fashion? So I, I, 
I didn't think that was as heartless as some of the other things. But- I didn't think so either, based on what you told me. You, you, they were texting in Asia long before we were texting. Yeah, it? right. It was, I mean, it's this- their primary form of communication. Right. Correct? So I, yeah. I, yes. I didn't have any problem with that. But I just, the way, you know, just watching uh, as just, just as a satellite sister, you know, certainly not as an ex-FAA, you know, executive. I mean, how many of those can there be on TV? I mean, my gosh, there's just, you know, there's just, I've never seen so many retired pilots in my entire life, but there they were. I know. I know. And I admit, I have been enjoying it. I mean, CNN has experienced a rating surge because of this, and I'm to blame. I mean, I have been tuning in I know, you know, from three in the afternoon on, just just wanting to know because it's been fascinating to me. But you're, but you're right. I didn't. Doesn't anyone fly anymore? Are all the pilots retired? So, I know. But it just seems to me that the way that for the Malaysian government, in terms of importance, you know, their priorities are the Malaysian government first. You know, the reputation of their airline second. Um, you know, recovering the plane third, and then, you know, caring for the passengers and the passengers' families that I just don't, I think they have a different order of priorities in terms of, of, in terms of how to deal with this situation where, you know, here in the U.S., the primary concern would be for the passengers and the passengers' families and getting, you know, information to them. I mean, you can just see that even they even had families in uh, Beijing today that were demonstrating in front of the Malaysian embassy. They're just they're they're just so frustrated and so angry and obviously dealing with so much grief and ambiguity about the death of their loved ones that that it's just it really. But that's I think you're right. I think the Malaysian government just was like, OK, everybody go home now. That's, right. Right. We've just, had it. No more yeah. press conferences. You know, it's not going to turn up. We've had it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to still watch. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's not. It is. I, I, it was. It, it is that? a fascinating mystery. Like, it is. No, it is. You can't, I mean, what? It's still. How did it get down there then? Even if that is all true, that it's there. How did it get there? What? That's a long way from where it started. I know. Yeah, that's a long way from where it's started. Okay, that's good analysis, though, Julie. Thank you very okay. much. So if you're new to Satellite Sisters, you can see why Julie is a an award-winning international journalist for her coverage of almost every part of the world, even parts of the world she's never lived that, in. That I've never lived in <laughs> she... and, have, and, and virtually no information. But, but yeah. again, again, I just would put myself up against anyone I've seen on TV in the last 18 days. <laughs> yes. And I believe I'm making about as much sense as them. Yes. Excellent. Okay. And now, uh, putting on your other hats, uh, before you became an international journalist at large, you were an admissions officer at several very fine colleges. So you claim, Julie Dolan, to have the inside scoop on the new SAT. Yes, Leanne. This is, maybe you've heard, this was big news, that the SAT made an announcement a couple weeks back that they're going to change the test. They're going to get rid of some writing sections, go back to their old scoring sections. They're going to get rid, you know, change some of the vocabulary sections to make it a more relevant test. And there was a lot of fanfare about this. And, you know, this is all going to be very exciting. Well, I had an opportunity earlier this week 
uh, that would be Sunday because uh, it's, it's, it's only been like two, it's 24 hours since it's our last Tuesday. show. I know. I know. And How I'm do we used to do this show every day, six know. days a week? What did we know. talk and about? I, and I barely recovered from Sunday's show. If you <laughs> have not listened to Sunday's show, please. Please do yourself a favor. Go listen to that show. You know what? She listen again. On. Listen again. I've listened. I edited the show. I've I did the show. I edited it. I posted <laughs> it. I've listened three times now to the show. And what's funny about that show on Sunday, just a little behind the scenes, is when we all got on the phone in the morning, we were like, we have nothing for this show. We got nothing. All four of us were like, oh, I'm going to try to squeeze some material out of my haircut or... I don't know. I had a bad experience at a restaurant. So, uh, so anyway, that's, that's how we roll here, but all right. Okay, so back to the SAT. Yes. Meeting. So anyway, this weekend I got the inside scoop from, I'm not going to reveal my source, but believe me, this person is very highly placed and is in a position to know what's going on. Basically and the deep throat of the SAT world. Yes. Yes. Leanne, that's, that's exactly right. And Here's the deal. The essay, uh, the college board didn't change the tests because they wanted to be good guys, that they want to be more relevant. They want to be more helpful to students and colleges and universities. No, no. They changed that test because they are losing money, Leon. <gasps> losing it. How about this? Yes. A declining number of test takers. They right. People aren't taking the SAT anymore. The number one test now this year, more test takers than the SAT is the ACT. Mm-hmm. This is the, uh, this is, a, have you, did your sons take yes. the ACT? Well, my Brooks took the ACT, which used to be a test only given out West, but now, and accepted only at sort of Western schools, but now it's accepted all over the place. And it's a very different kind of test than the SAT. The SAT is supposed to be a, a you know test about predictive learning, and the ACT sort of tests what you actually know. So, right. uh, so it appeals to two different kind of test takers. My son actually comparatively did better on the ACT than the SAT, and that's you know some kids definitely have a strong preference one or the other. So, and now most schools take both interchangeably. Right. You know, that's, that's, that's the other trend. Some schools they're, you know, they'll accept any test, you know, ACT, SAT. Sometimes they make a test score optional. Yes. But but the thing is the SAT is all the changes they're making are essentially to turn the test into the The ACT. ACT. Oh, okay. See, this is a much more of a subject based test. So because they're not doing it to be nice, okay? They this is they are in trouble, Leon. Isn't that nice? I find that very satisfying. I think I think your SAT scores were slightly higher than mine, yes. particularly in the math area. Yes. Okay, I had I had I crushed you, let's face it. We had we had like half of eight kids. We had a pretty big scientific sampling. We had I think three very good test takers yep. and then the rest, you know, a couple of solid test takers. And then a couple not very good test takers at all. No, I was I was in the solid category, Leanne. I was not in the not very good old yeah. category. But I, I just I take personal satisfaction that the SAT <laughs> is going down. I miss my... And I and I also want to just a little shout out to all those people that you we all have met. That within the first 15 minutes of meeting them, they tell you that they scored a perfect 800 on one of their SAT scores. Okay. Well, good luck to you now because that test is irrelevant. Okay. (laughs) It's like being really good at the Rubik's 
cube. Okay. Nobody cares. Okay. It's dated. Okay. You are over. Okay. You're done. Wow. There is a lot of glee in your voice, Julie. Yes, there is, Leanne, because, you know, it's that SAT. It haunts you. I read an article just the other day about in the Wall Street Journal how, how some employers are still requesting people's SAT scores when they're trying to um, hire for hiring decisions, which is a totally inappropriate use of the SAT, <laughs> yes. you know, of that of that one day in the spring of your junior year uh, uh, <laughs> that you took a test. Okay, but yeah, this Liz just... had a friend that applied to Google last year. She's forty years old. She had to submit her SAT scores. See, this is okay. It's it's wrong. It's totally wrong. Yeah. it's totally wrong. And now that whole evil <laughs> empire is collapsing in on itself, Leon. So, so let's hear it for the ACT. Just. Yeah. Just, uh, that, that's it. But um, moving on, I did ask my deep throat source. I said, so what are some of the big trends in college admissions? Mm-hmm. And said okay. one of the things that schools, schools are really, well, first of all, he said, I said, is it really harder to get into school than before? He said, yes. He said, it's not more complicated, but it's definitely harder to get in. So you're right. Everything you've heard, that's correct. Okay. But he said, one of the big trends that their you know, schools are have to kind of come up with a policy on is people are now calling admissions offices, Leanne, and they're saying, have you seen Leanne Dolan's latest tweet or did you see that picture on Leon Dolan's Facebook page? Oh, wow. They're like ratting out other. Ratting out. Yeah, I think you probably know. Most people know, you know, you have to clean up your social right. media profile as you're applying to college. <laughs> you know what? Most grownups know that. But yes. try telling a 17-year-old that. You can tell them that. But that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean doesn't... it will register or that they will do anything about it. Right. So, yes, grownups know that. So it's one thing like to create your own demise with your online presence, but it's quite another thing for someone to undermine your application. Wow. Wow. How about that? How about that? So schools have to decide what are they going to do? It might be relevant information. And at schools where, you know, they got a lot of applications, you know, uh, they, you know, they may want to consider, consider that. So Hmm. that, that, that that is awful. That is awful. It's that a, is awful. It is awful. awful. But it's hard for schools to ignore that this is a big part of uh, a potential student's life and how they represent themselves on their you know, social media may be relevant to whether or not they're a good fit at a particular college. Now, the good news, Leanne, is if your son or daughter is applying to UCLA, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about someone ratting you out about your online presence because this year at UCLA, they got 100,000 applications for their freshman class. Uh, 100,000. A... They have no time to check on your social media. There's a lot of kids in California. Yes, there are. So <laughs> that's why uh, this is a topped. It was like a record amount. Yeah. And they and as you know, for, you know, and this could be true of a lot of states now that, you know, that, you know, your application is due in November and they got to give you a decision by early January. They are just plowing through those applications. I don't even know how you do that. Cause I, I don't think at either. the UCs, um, 
it they actually like take a recommendation and you have to write an essay as well as opposed to the Cal State system where it's pretty much just um you know they're looking at numbers and there's a your GPA and your test scores and there you go there's people are in but the UCs they pretend to actually read your essay yeah i don't know 100,000 applications okay. i know so, i know that's but- but at a smaller school, those admissions officers, they have time to like check out a tweet or yeah. check out a Facebook uh, uh, posting. So that is uh, that's nice that it may be one of your classmates, your friends online that are trying to undermine your application. <laughs> that is just off. No. no, you know what? It's not your classmate. It's your classmate's that's, mom. Yes. That's I, who's calling. That's the worst part of it. It's your Ooh. classmate's mom because okay. she wants. Yes. Oh. Do not tell anyone where you're applying to college. Right. Okay? At all. Mom's the word. And moms do not share that information. Okay. That's it. And the other, the other big trend yeah. that he was uh, grappling about, which uh, I'm, I'm less aware of, and this is probably more relevant for smaller private colleges that as the cost of tuition just keeps going up and up and up, you know, the smaller schools are really grappling to, you know, find students that are, you know, that are able to pay these tuitions. Right. So a new trend is... Again, some, you don't feel sorry for the SAT. I don't feel sorry for colleges. They're, I mean... Honestly, how much do you think you can charge for a year of school? <laughs> I mean, at some point, you must stop. They're just, they're, stop building things and stop improve, stop putting barbecues in courtyards, for instance. Okay. No, they don't need a new pool every five years. Stop it. Okay. Stop it. <laughs> well, Leon, no, they, they're going to still build barbecues and they, um, uh, because one of the thing, another big trend is something called like bounty hunters that they, uh, that, uh, schools have to come up with a sort of a policy on what they're going to be doing about, you know, um, a lot of Chinese students want to come and study in the U S right. they wanna learn English. And so you have these private agencies in China that show up at uh, at your fine, let's say, like at, at Pomona. Lee. Right. And they say to your where you went to school, and they say, "I can deliver twenty full paying Chinese students." Okay. Right. And all you have to do is give me five hundred dollars a head, and you get all these students. They'll all show up. Really? They'll pay for four years of college. Boom. They're you know they're going to be qualified. They're going to have high. ACT scores, not SAT scores, and their TOEFL scores, their test of English as a foreign language language will be okay. And wow, so that's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. But and so Okay, it wouldn't happen at Pomona because they got more people than they need. But at okay. those smaller liberal yes. arts schools in the yes. middle of nowhere, that's where that kind of thing would happen. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, so right. Schools really struggle with enrollment. Yes. And that they want to get some of these foreign students full pay. They need full payers. Full paying students, but should they go to these organizations? I was thinking, well, maybe I should take up bounty hunting. You know, <laughs> that, I, yes. that could be a very lucrative business at $500. Maybe I'd, you know, $1,000 a head, something. But you can sort see- of pulls together all your international and academic skills and also your hatred of the SAT. And you can just pull it all together, and that's a business now. <laughs> How about that, Leon? <laughs> 
How about that? But it is, it is just, you know, some, you know, just these are new things that are on the horizon that schools are having to deal with. And it was very interesting to hear about it. And right. Good work. The good. answer is not clear. Good so. sussing it out. Well, I, my son Colin will have to take the current SAT. He does not, uh, he, it won't, the new SAT won't kick in because he's a sophomore. The new SAT really kicks in for this year's freshman in high school. Right. So, uh, but maybe I'll just, you know, I, Let's I take the ACT, Leon. That's my, that, I had, tough. I had Brooks take both and then whichever one he did slightly better in, then he took. Well, I made him take the SAT again because I didn't understand the ACT <laughs> until his college counselor said he actually did better in the ACT. I was like, now you oh, understand. well. Okay. <laughs> oh, That's well. good. Whoops. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good work. Good work, Julie. All right. On to one more substantial topic here. Um, so I got this, uh, you know, I get press releases at, uh, at my mail HQ and most of them I don't look at, but there was one about company logos and that I thought might be pretty interesting. We enjoy talking about logos <laughs> and businesses here on Satellite Sisters and brands. And so, um, it was all about logos and color and how big businesses use color to affect your emotions. Okay. 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 I'm right. ready to be affected. Yes. All right. So here you go. Think about the logos in red. For instance, Red Bull is a famous one or YouTube. It's associated okay. with intensity of blood and fire. There you go. So when you look at the YouTube logo, Julie, you know the YouTube logo? Yes. Uh, do you feel active, emotional, passionate, trust, love, intensity, and aggressiveness? Is that what you feel? <laughs> no, I just feel happy, Leanne, because that's the only <laughs> video I watch at YouTube. I just keep watching different covers of happy. <laughs> okay. Okay. okay take I, that I, social science. At least once or twice a day. I, I am, I'm just watching... Uh, there's a, a very cute one by the D Detroit School of Performing Arts that I could recommend. Well, that... I've seen it too. That is an excellent. You're right, Julie. That is that's what YouTube is all about. Mm -hmm. uh, so you do you are feeling trust, love, intensity, maybe not aggressiveness. You're just feeling happy. Just all right. Feel... How about how about blue logos? Think about the Ford logo, Julie. Imagine the Ford mm -hmm. logo. Does it associate? Is it associated in your mind with the depth and stability of sky and sea? <laughs> yes. So yes, just say, it, yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is, Leanne. Comfort, I, yeah. faith, yes. understanding, clarity, confident, calm, trust. That's what you get from the Ford logo and the Samsung logo, which I don't. That, oh, I don't. I don't really I feel, feel that way about way Samsung. about my TV set. But yeah. I, I, but yes, Leon. I think blue. Yes, yes. All right. One it's of the most famous marks integrity. of all. Yes. It's right, exactly. Ford. There you go. So one of the most famous marks of all, of course, the golden arches, because mm. yellow is associated with energy and the joy of sunshine. And so <laughs> and when you look at those golden arches, you're supposed to feel alive, energetic, and ironically, fresh. <laughs> <laughs> it's French fries. Yellow says French fries. It does. That's it. All right. How about green? Oh, you know, our favorite, the Starbucks logo, right? Yes, Leanne. Does it, it connect you with the harmony of nature? Because that's what it's supposed to. And, you know, think of the mermaid. She's, that is a good, that is a good example of that. Mm -hmm. And do you feel when you think of the Starbucks logo, do you think calm, relaxed, peaceful, hopeful? You kind of oh, do. Oh, <laughs> hopeful they'll have my coffee, that they'll get my coffee right. Yes. I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm hopeful the person in front of me won't order one of those stupid milkshakes they now serve. <laughs> okay. 
right. This one made me laugh. Purple, of course, is associated with the luxury of royalty. Oh, well, who has a purple logo? (laughs) Julie, FedEx. And I know FedEx and Yahoo. And you're supposed no, okay now you know you know i i had to change my yahoo pro- profile because i read somewhere that yahoo is so dated that you you know that you really show your age if you have a yahoo website um email account so but i no i don't see that at all no, no. i know this one was a it's glamour power nostalgic romantic and introspective so I don't know if FedEx or Yahoo cover it's any of those. And FedEx is really purple? I didn't even even the, think. Yeah, like the Fed part is purple. Oh, and the X part okay. is orange, which we're getting to next. And I okay. enjoy the color orange in a logo. Uh, I like it. And it's associated with the happiness of sunshine and the tropics. So uh, if you're looking at, say, the Fanta logo, which who doesn't yes. love Fanta, Fanta, Fanta. <laughs> so enthusiastic, creative, determined, stimulates mental activity. The Fanta logo and uh, the and Firefox drinking logo. Drinking Fanta stimulates mental activity? You really- I think so. <laughs> I think so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and finally, black. Okay. Formality, mystery of the mm-hmm. night, bold, yeah. serious, luxurious, like Tiffany and Co., right? There's just the simple, think about that simple Tiffany typeface. And yes. then finally, yes. my favorite one, brown. Okay. So, you know, that's associated. Yes. Those cute guys from UPS, right? Is that the answer? No. Reliability, support, dependability, Julie, that, those are the guys at UPS. And the other logo they mentioned, which I think also uh, represents reliability, support, and dependability for many women. And that's M&M's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, Leanne. Oh, there you is a lot, them. yeah, a lot in common with the UPS men and M and M's. That's you... a good afternoon, Leanne. <laughs> <Yeah>. UPS <laughs> man in a bag of M and M's. And then just one more little yoga or logo fact. Okay, so. Um, you know, graphic design can cost a lot of money. There are some famously very cheap logos. Nike used to work at Nike. Phil Knight bought the swoosh for $35 from mm-hmm. a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. He has since given her tons of stock. So you don't have to worry. She's made plenty of money, the, the nice designer uh, who did that in, in this 35, 40 years ago. But do you remember the logo from the London Olympics? No. Me neither. Was- okay, no. It was like a crazy blocks of... Of a bunch of blocks looked like they were having a seizure. That was the common joke. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, it was yeah. supposed to be edgy and modern. It cost $700,000 to develop. $700,000. Oh, yeah. okay. uh, the BBC, you know, yeah. you think about that. It's a very solid logo, right? Mm-hmm. You can't like, okay, BBC, very straightforward. $1.8 million wow. to develop that logo. Is that more than one color? Is that what happens when you have to combine <laughs> colors? It's, it's black and white. Black and white? Well, yeah, so it's, it's black and white. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they created a new typeface for it. So uh, that was, I guess, the cost of it. And then the Pepsi logo that was changed um, in 2008 uh, was a million dollars. Well, and wouldn't she charge Pepsi a million dollars? Yes, I mean, why, why, why would you sell it to them for $30? I mean, really? As opposed to, you know, the little Twitter, the bird? Yeah. that yeah. They bought that for 15 bucks from an iStock photo. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. 
There you go. Some fun with logos. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Okay. A couple of follow-ups. Last week, um, Julie, you talked about uh, six bras, six must-have bras for spring. Which... I think it was five. Yeah, but that's five. okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were only going to get one of them, so it really okay. doesn't okay, matter. Okay, so we were in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> So, and a, a discussion sprung up on the Satellite Sisters group Facebook page about, well, how many bras do you really own? And then it became, well, how often do you wash your bras? Now, there are people in the Satellite Sisterhood that have 10 bras in rotation, Julie. 10 bras. I think they're lying, Liam. Yeah. I, I, just, I just do not believe that. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. You know, I have like... Th- Three or four bras, it's the same bra in different colors. So I guess I brought, but then I have, I don't know. Yeah, I brought, maybe I have 10 if I included like my sports bras and those four bras that are all the same in different colors. But yeah, but if you're in solid rotation, I'm not talking yeah. about ones, you know, that you're wearing your party bra right. or whatever. You know, I, I'm, I'm talking about like your go-to bras every day. I just can't believe they're 10. We, well, we also had a large contingent of people who, you know, have found just that the shelf cami does all they need to do for day-to-day use, right? Leanne, what I was so surprised about the comments about how many bras was really what people want to talk about is taking the bra off. Yeah. They want to tell you about how good it feels when you take that darn thing off. That's really, that's mostly bra talk, I think. Okay. So here you go. Uh, so I did, you know, go to the source for how often should you wash your bra? And by the source, I mean, Google, I just Googled how often should you wash your bra? And a good answer came up on the website, the lingerie addict. Okay. And, uh, she seemed like an expert. So Prudy is her name and she Mm -hmm. seemed, uh, like an expert. So, you know, she said, here's the question that a boyfriend asked. My girlfriend of six months has worn the same bra every day now for two weeks. I really wonder, is this a normal thing for most women or a psychological issue? I feel it's a matter of hygiene, abnormal behavior, and kind of gross. (laughs) Get rid of him. I know. It's exactly what Prudy said. She's like, you know, maybe you've just been watching too many softcore porn movies where women get in the shower and soap up their breasts a lot because our breasts aren't really that dirty. So we don't really generate a lot of dirt in the breast area. Oh, that was really funny. So, you know, really she said, uh, as a lingerie addict, she said she has several everyday bras that she rotates during the course of the week. She, they get worn two or three more days a week and she washes them every couple of weeks. So if you're a big sweater, you should wash them more. But if yeah. you're not, you know, don't worry about it. It's not actually getting that dirty there. <laughs> okay. And a few more tips for those of you who have a lot of bras, some bra washing okay. tips. Okay. Okay. Bra tips. Here we this, go. And this sounds like something our mother would say to us. Um, other tips include not wearing the same bra more than one day in a row because bras need time to air out. <laughs> as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I believe yeah, there's no dirt going on, but yes, the, you know, you do want a, a fresh bra. Yeah. So yeah, rotate your bra. Rotate them. Uh, they need also time to regain their original shape so as not to lose elasticity. All right. There you go. No, that is, those are my breasts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not the bra. <laughs> Maybe you should let those air out too then. Okay. Just oh, let yeah. those air out. All I, right. Apparently a lot of satellite sisters, that's what they're doing, Leanne. They're just <laughs> letting them air out. They're just they're coming home from work apparently just ripping their shirts and bras off. And then um, always wash your bras by hand. Okay, no one does that. Uh, if so. you do use a washing machine, use a lingerie bag. Eh. 
Okay, never machine wash your bras. Well, okay. all right. And use the special lingerie cleanser. Have you ever been talked into buying that special lingerie uh, cleanser? No. Do they do they sell I, that? I was talked into it. So uh, when I was moving Leanne and I was cleaning out my uh, laundry room closet, there it was, the full bottle of lingerie <laughs> cleanser. I just threw it away, Leanne. I know that's wasteful. I don't want I don't want to hear I don't want Facebook posts on it, but really. I mean, just I don't know why. I I know you're supposed to do that, but I don't. Yeah. A little wool light. I'll do that, but well, it's like when you get those, the jewelry cleansers, they always give you in like gift bags at, um, you know, mm-hmm. at, uh, at various, uh, events. I have like just tons and tons of those. I have one piece of jewelry. It's my, <laughs> my wedding. I'm going to give you the tip of the century, Liam. My neighbor is a jeweler. Okay. And she sent around, it was kind of like a holiday gift. She said, you want to know what, what we use at the jewelry store to clean jewelry? Mr. Clean. You put really? Mr. Yes, that is the best product for uh, for cleaning your jewelry, Mister Clean. Julie, you are full of tips today. You... I know, and I did see, and I didn't. I did just fine on the SAT, Leon. I've made a life of my all by, all by myself. These no should be the kind of questions on the SAT. We really want to be helpful. No matter what those people in Princeton said, I just turned out just fine. Just fine. Okay. All right. And then today is Waffle Dog. And as we mentioned, Mm. International Waffle Day. Other people are taking up the mantle on my Facebook page. Sue said she's making waffles right now. Beth is going to use it as a quick dinner. Terry posted a delicious photo of waffles with strawberries. Cynthia said she's going to make waffles and bacon for dinner tonight. Ooh. I, Julie, am going with the savory ham and cheese waffle. Oh, where you, where you put like the cheddar cheese and the ham right in the waffle mix and then, oh. you know, create the waffle. Doesn't that sound good? Ooh, that sounds delicious, Leanne. That yeah. That sounds really good. Yeah. Really good. So uh, Brenna has also just cleaned out her waffle iron. And Nancy reminded us their March 4th uh, is actually National Waffle Day <laughs> versus <laughs> International Waffle Day. So there you go. Okay. That's very good information. (laughs) Just if you think I'm making up another holiday, like National Puppy Day. Uh, All right. Leanne, but I mean, as long as we're in the kitchen, I I do have a question for you. Uh, I, as, as we have, as I have said on the show, I recently sold my home and uh, my husband and I are living in a temporary townhouse as we search for the perfect lock and leave apartment for the next phase of our life. Uh, so this is, a, this is a temporary townhouse and it's got very teeny tiny shelves in the kitchen. So I've determined that I can only have maybe five bottles of spice next to the stove. That's, that's really, that's about all I can handle in there. I just, I do not, you can't put a big spice rack in there. I mean, I guess I could put it in the garage, but that wouldn't be handy. I'm really only going to be able to put, to have five spices other than salt and pepper in, in my sort of daily rotation. So Mm -hmm. my question to you, you're a very good cook. What five spices, what are your go-to spices? If you, if you had my situation and you could only put five spices in your little cabinet, what would you go with? Okay. I go with lemon pepper. Oh, that's on my list. And I said the same thing. (laughs) All right. There's an Italian mix that I like, you know, it's oregano, majorum. 
which you don't even have to go buy. You could probably just take all of your spices that you have, dried like basil, and put them all together in like an Italian mix. That tastes very fresh on things. So I use that. All right. Okay. It seems like a combination spice. And I know I didn't set out the rules to this contest. Okay. Okay. But all right. So if I had to pick, I would uh, then, if I have to break it down, and that I'd pick oregano and then I'd pick dill. Dill. Okay. Yeah. I like dill. Some people don't. And then uh, cinnamon. Oh, whoa. I forgot (laughs) about cinnamon. Oh. I think I get. That's it, right? Because that was your five. Well, uh, I, okay. So there you go. That's what I would pick. You didn't go with cumin. See, I went with cumin, Leon. I, mm. I, you know, I think that's kind of a good go-to spice. It, well, you're in Tex-Mexville. That is a good spice. So celery salt. I just love celery. Celery salt. salt. Wow, that's like from 1955. <laughs> is... I know, but I love it, Leon. I love it. <laughs> okay. It's delicious, like on fish and stuff. Oh my gosh, that's good. I cay- cayenne prep pepper. I oh. gotta have some of that. You have to have a little hot. You didn't have any hot. On your I know. Head. I don't really like hot. I, I, I don't Just love hot. Look. So I would have added one more, like, uh, say, yeah, one more hot. Time. But And time. I went with time. Oh, you went with time. Okay. I prefer the dill. Oh. <laughs> okay. But dill would have been a good one. And cinnamon. Oh, I wish I had room for cinnamon. Okay. All right. Well, that was, <laughs> that's good. Uh, well, we would like to know what your fo- top five spices are at Satellite Sisters. So if you want to go to our Facebook page. And let us know what your go-to spices are. Only five. And I, we really are going to reject a lot of these combination spices <laughs> like Ian tried to fit in there. Okay. I mean, I understand celery salt is kind of a combination. So is lemon pepper. But... It says lemon pepper. But those are the only two exceptions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it is interesting. Like when you think about like, well, what do you really use? Right. I mean, everybody has like a whole, you know, rack or, you know, pantry full of spices, but you really don't use that many on a regular basis. Like I know for good health, I should be using more turmeric or however you say that. Oh, and then also disgusting spice. Oh. I know it's, it's, it's oh. disgusting. It's and I bought disgusting. a curry, like, like a, like a mild curry mix. Cause I also know that's good during my detox. And I used it like twice on some, yeah. you know, on some cauliflower. I just don't, I don't have the confidence to cook with curry. Yeah. Or I don't like it that much. You just stick to those waffles, Leanne. Yeah. I'll be over later. Those sound good. Okay. Hey, Leanne, it's Tuesday. It's time for picking pans. You know, right. I, I like to select movies and books that I haven't read or don't plan to read or see uh, and make recommendations one way or the other about it. So this week I do have a book that I really I want to recommend. It's called Life is a Wheel. Love, death, etc., and a bike ride across America. So this is this is kind of um, it's a book about um, it's a, he's a New York Times writer, and he took a bike trip across America. He did it when he was younger, like when he was in his thirties. Now he's in middle age, and he and he retraced his bike ride um, a second time. So yeah. who would and who would like this book? I think you'd like this book if you like to ride bikes, okay? If you're a guy, if you're a middle-aged guy, I think you'd also like it. If you're a middle-aged guy kind of going through not a midlife crisis, but certainly wondering what you're doing as a middle-aged guy, I think you might like this. But this got a fantastic review in the New York Times. I mean, they compared him to Hemingway, Leon. Hemingway. Wow, I am just reading this spectacular review. I just looked yeah. it up. This is a legitimate book. <laughs> yes, it is, Leon. Yes, it is. 
Uh, they they the, they call him expressive, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, so, if you like Hemingway, I think you might like this book. Uh, but it seems like it would be a very good choice uh, with Father's Day is around the corner. Um, you know, this might be a nice nice little book to get for someone you know who likes to ride bikes. Oh, and there's a little. He starts in Astoria, Oregon. Yes, and oh, it finishes in Manhattan. So if you love Oregon, uh, that would be good. Or Manhattan, if you like the New York Times. Uh, so it's written by Bruce Weber, is his name. So, all right, uh, I'll put a link to it on the Satellite Sisters okay. page. Okay, I will definitely do that. So, uh, and the reason I'm recommending this book is uh, Bruce is the boyfriend of one of my dear friends. Okay. <laughs> I just a total, you know, I'm not like Malaysia, Leanne. I'm going to tell you the facts. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the whole story. Okay, all right. Got I'm it. Just, I'm going to just put it out there. That's it. So, and I think Jan is mentioned in the book. So there you go. So you might, uh, you might want to read that. Um, now here's my Pam. I got an email from one of my good friends just that, and it said, do not let, uh, uh, do not take your um, granddaughter and grandson to see the Muppets movie. This is the new Muppets movie that just came out. It's called Muppets Caper. Oh, and right. It's got the star-studded cast. It's got Tina Fey in it. It's got Ricky Gervais in it. Um, they, she said, do not take them to see this because it's a very anti-Russian movie that they oh. make a lot of bad jokes about Russia in this movie. And she said that she took a group of little girls, you know, uh, you know, young girls, and they almost left the movie because it really was not that good or that fun. It's more of like an adult movie that they're pitching at young kids. And uh, but she knows that uh, my daughter-in-law is Russian and my grandchildren speak Russian and they're very proud of their Russian connection and heritage. And so she didn't want me to take them to that movie. Oh, Julie, that's a good tip. That is excellent. I can totally see that now. Yeah, yeah, looks like I've seen I've seen some previews. So yeah, okay, good good call. So that is a you know there's a little you know Russian backlash going on right now because of course they did take over Crimea, which right. and they right. probably are going to do something in Ukraine. So some but, of the jokes may in fact be um, you know true. Yeah, <laughs> so. but but it, that is you know certainly not something that my grandchildren who are so you know who have their their other grandparents live um, in Kyrgyzstan and that they're very proud of their Russian, you know, traditions and heritage that you just, you know, why, why go to a movie that mocks that? That's, right. you know, it's a, it's an easy target. So we're not going to do that. So Excellent. that's my pan for the week, Liam. <laughs> okay. Coming down hard on the Muppets. Excellent. Well, it was a rough week on TV just in general for me personally. Yeah. Uh, I watch The Good Wife regularly, spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen it, Turn the show off now, this show. Um, well, they, they killed Will, like my favorite character. They I shot know. him dead on Sunday's episode. Jeez, Leon, I know. I mean, really, you know, uh, you know I am not in favor of adultery. But no. I really was definitely in favor of the affair that Will was having <laughs> with the good wife. I was totally I in on that. I, I was know. like 100% and so broken up when they broke up. 
So yes, how could they? He's like the sexiest guy on the show. He is. He he really is. Uh, you know, even though he's competing against Big and a couple of other guys, like he sort of holds the whole show together. And I've loved Josh Charleston Sports Night. So apparently, he's wanted off the show. He wants to go on and direct and do some other creative stuff. So they they shot him. I was just so shocked. And I usually watch The Good Wife at like five a.m. Monday morning. Uh, so I hadn't seen any of the explosion on social media about what what happened, but I knew it was an explosive episode. And so when I woke up, the boys woke up in the morning. They're like, Mom, what's the matter? I was like, they killed him. They killed Will Gardner. <laughs> so it was hard to recover from that. I think they're, they're going to regret that. They're I think they will, too. But just... he wanted off the show. So uh, what are you going to do? You know, someone says, I saw someone on Twitter say, please, please, many, many flashbacks. But it sounds like he's not even coming back for flashbacks. It sounds like he's You don't gone. think it's going to be like a Dallas where they'll bring him back from the dead? Like, no. oh, not really dead. It was just a bad dream. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I wish they'd killed Kalinda. Uh, I'm tired of her. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't understand her character, why we're supposed to find her interesting. I don't get it. I just don't get her character. She's gone to the dark side. Mm-mm. You know, but then she comes back. Just uh, too much, Kalinda. And then uh, another rough week for the satellite sisterhood. Diana Nyad tossed oh, no. off Dancing with the Stars. Uh, one, the first couple to go this year. I and I didn't even have worst? time to get on board and see her. I think we failed her at the satellite we, sisterhood. I mean, fail. I just I feel I bad. Mean, we, I just I I feel badly too. I just I I don't think. There's so many bad dancers on that show from time to time that I can't believe she was the worst. But yeah, or I guess maybe I thought that that's who watched that show. And so uh, women of her age and and but apparently they don't pick up the phone and vote. And yet somehow Drew Carey is still dancing. I know. That seems wrong. I didn't want to I didn't want to call him out. But yes, I mean, that seemed wrong. That <laughs> seemed wrong. And then, you know, last week I said I was going to binge watch Mr. Selfridge uh, oh. to try to get up to speed. Um because I, I, I had seen a couple of episodes and um, then I started watching Mr. Selfridge. I'm like, I've never seen this show before. This is not a show. I've <laughs> You've not never seen, seen show. it? Oh, you know, I it. had seen a show called The Paradise, apparently, which is also about a, a, like a, a luxury, um, you know, department, department store. Mm-hmm. And so I was confused. So I am well behind on Mr. Selfridge. I don't know if I'm going to be able to catch up by Sunday I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this off. Okay, so that's when it starts. Sunday to, yep. So we'll have to check in at the end of the week, Joel. Well, you're going to the wedding. We'll have to check in and see if we can do it. There's no, I'm going to, I'm just going to plunge in. I'm I'm not going to try to, you know, to go Oh, you're not going to try to make up, you're not going to try to get some backstory. I'm just going to plunge in. And the good thing about PBS is you can, thanks to Satellite Sisters, I now know this, you can watch the show on Monday because I don't think we figured out how to hook up our DVR here in this (laughs) rental townhouse. Well, you were so busy disposing of the gun. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. So I thought I was like three or four episodes in. Like I thought I had just fallen off the bandwagon, but no, I had watched an entirely different show. So I was quite surprised when I turned on that show. I was like, this is not even vaguely familiar to me. All right. Well, I'm going to, let's just plunge in then. I'll see what I can do to make up for it, but then we'll plunge in. (laughs) So our commentary should be almost completely baseless then. So that's good. Starting. Next I week. think that's I think that's appropriately and but we are, we're just viewers, okay? That's it. We're just sisters watching a show and we'll just <laughs> take it from where we are. So, 
very well fine. i know you've got a lot of tv this week because you're going to the paley center you're going to be watching you're going to be doing some uh, some interesting things there. right so, right so, seeing the cast and crew of community and the cast and crew of veep right i do have a lot of tv on the docket this week <laughs> so keep up the good work yeah. I'm taking ice cream over to my granddaughter because you are not going to believe this, but she broke her wrist. Okay. <gasps> now, if you, have you've been following along, I had, I broke, I broke my wrist very badly in October. You're probably sick about hearing about my broken wrist, but yes, indeed. She came off the slide and she told me, she said, she said, she said she didn't want to fall on her chest because she thought she might break her, her ribs. So she put her arm out. That's what, that's what we do in our family. We just put that little wrist out. So, yep. So we're going, she's going to, she's been in a, uh, in a splint uh, with an ACE bandage uh, that she has decorated with those rainbow loom uh, uh, rainbow. Oh, good. Yeah. So she's really taken it up a notch there, but she gets a (laughs) cast of some kind today. And we had a big discussion about color and what, you know, was it going to be, you know, a flexible cast? So we don't, we don't know. So it's all going to be very exciting. So, that that's the big news from here, Liam. Okay. All right, everybody. Have a great week. Uh, tell us your spices and anything else you want to tell us over at the Satellite Sisters Facebook page. Thanks for spreading the word about Satellite Sisters. We do appreciate it. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs>